0: coming up, we're discussing trends for this upcoming holiday season and crafting sophisticated fear on this episode of Green Tagged. In Green Tagged, we discuss the most important news from the theme park world in 30 minutes or less. Green Tagged has its own feed, but we're posting them here as well for the Hauntathon. And speaking of the Hauntathon, from the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 47 of our 61-day Haunt-A-Thon counting down to Halloween. Today is Sunday, October 17th, and there are 14 days until Halloween. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon a thon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, a thon sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And now, Green Tagged, Theme Park in 30. From our studios in Los Angeles and Tampa, this is Green Tag Theme Park and 30. I'm Philip, and I'm joined by my co-host, who is ready to mount another show at the Vault of Souls. Scott Swenson! Yay!
1: Yes, yes, yes. Sleep will be sleep is what we do in in December. Cause I'll start into Christmas shows really soon. So, you know. Some yeah. might even say that we sleep no more. Ha ha ha. ha. Wait, <laughs> I, Perhaps I have some cards here. No, that's not. That's not from sleep no more. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, okay, here we go. You know, and you know what happens when you sleep no more? You become punch drunk. And that's where we are. We are punch drunk. It's, it's been a week. Uh, it's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Uh, it's been a rough well, week.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's start off. We have a few. um a few stories here that are all kind of related, and they all really have to do with demand and holiday planning. And I think there are some important takeaways. The first is from uh, Excesso, which is a big uh, ticketing and uh, you know that kind of a CRM, CRM, no, see C- with POS and ticketing uh, platform that a lot of the parks use. And they gave an interview for Bizjournals.com, and I just wanted to highlight some of the things he said, which <laughs> I think echoes kind of something that uh, Scott said, which is people have higher expectations now. Uh, They can't, he's talking about theme parks and attractions, they can't reopen the same way that they were when they closed in March 2020, which we've been talking about that and most places are back up. But specifically, he says that um, a lot of people can do upgrades for bookings and reservations ahead of time. And that venues are looking for mobile food and beverage ordering. And it's a newer product for them, but they're seeing a lot of demand on it because customers don't want to wait in line. And because of labor issues at parks, uh, so I think like we've kind of hit on all these topics. So it's, in- but it's interesting to see that being echoed, you know, from the service provider essentially.
1: Right, and you know, it, it's it, to me, it's almost be careful what you ask for because you're going to get it. Um, theme parks theme parks have been trying to institute stuff like this for years for all of the same reasons. It does help with labor. Uh, it reduces cues. It makes the guest experience better. It gets people's money ahead of time. You know, if you think about it, even when you do mobile ordering for, for culinary opportunities, um, it gets their money before, uh, before they even show up. So, you know, it, but this has been something that the guests have been, have been pushing back on for many 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 years the technology has been there for a long time you know i said that the one thing COVID did was it brought back the qr code so you know it's it's one of those situations where this uh the, the whole idea of time ticketing and it's much easier so it's much easier now it seems to be uh, able to to book an upsell or encourage an upsell when people are booking things ahead and online because the money's not real. You know, it's all just uh, yes, oh, we're booking this. Oh, and it, and for twenty five dollars, I can add this. Oh well, let's let's do it. Why not? You know, um, so it eliminates it or reduces that sticker shock. Um, we just have to make certain that as an industry, we're ready to handle it and we are also ready to um, handle those folks who are not the adapters, um, who are not the, I wouldn't even call it early adapters, the mid adapters now <clears throat> who, who don't want to do this, who still want to go on the wait list, who still want to do everything in person. Cause it's, you know, that, that i my fear is that divide is going to continue for a while and we're going to have to run parallel until everybody gets back on board or we find a way to make it so that people can do mobile ordering um, by, by, talking to an Alexa, um, podium or something like that. Cause there are still those people who want to talk mm. and say, I want to order this and I want to order that. And I need help with this. Um, yeah. So I, I, and ask I questions it, about the menu items and all exactly. those things. Exactly. So I think it's, I think it's an interesting, uh, I agree with everything. I agree with every, every one of those things. And it's one of those things that is the, the acceptance of it is what's new. The technology behind it and the desire for the theme parks to do it is not new, but the acceptance of it is new, and um, that is when you don't have another option, or if you don't want to waste time because you've been, you feel as though you've secluded yourself for two years, and you want to get out and get the most out of your vacation. You're going to spend that extra those extra bucks. Now, I will say, my guess is that all of those upgrades that people are doing now is because they're trying to get the most they're making they're making up for the vacation they didn't take the last two years or the visit to a park or a zoo or a museum that they didn't take the last two years that's going to even itself out i'm pretty sure that's going to even itself out but by making things by training audiences to plan ahead and to get their tickets and decide when they're going to show up and what they want to eat and what add-ons they want is i think going to be beneficial for everybody it's going to make it more of a concierge Feeling experience for the uh, for the guest, and it's going to be both financially and from a labor standpoint beneficial to the parks and all the other attractions that are using this kind of thing. So, you know, thank thank you, Accesso, for for echoing what we've been talking about and and certainly validating what we've what we've said in the past. So mm-hmm. that's great. Well,
0: and so our next story here, I guess, uh, speaking of how guests are trying to make the most out of their their um time right now with stuff reopening (laughs) Uh, so uh, the harris poll uh, did a halloween survey and they found that 36 percent of americans expect halloween this year to be more fun than last that's kind of online with the previous polls kind of on that same thing you know um their poll showed 65 percent of americans plan to celebrate halloween this year which is up from 51 percent in 2020 of those celebrating the holiday, 35% will be attending an in-person party with family and friends, and 22% they will attend a public event. And virtual parties are down to only 8% of respondents indicating they'll do something virtual. So I think it's it's overall it's good news. We're kind of ticking up in terms of the number of people celebrating the holiday according to the poll. And, but it, it does kind of show you also for those that are doing Halloween events, The part about 35% said they'll be attending an in-person party with family and friends and 22% saying they'll attend a public event, you know, so that I think what that shows us is the amount of potential growth that you have in the market to do Halloween events. And when you combine it and look at like going with family and friends and then going into it, so it, again, I think echoes in this research a little bit of the same things we've been talking about in terms of right. there's potential in the family and friend group activity. And then there's a lot of growth potential in Halloween as something people will go out for.
1: I, I think it, I was actually in looking at this, in this, at this information, I was surprised at the 22% number. I thought that would be higher because and that's, yeah. and that's based solely on what I'm actually seeing out there in, um, in, in the, the numbers at the attractions um there are several attractions that i'm working on that are that are selling out um yeah. and it's i'm not that's not because i'm working on them that has nothing to do with it my point being is i think it's location i think it really comes down to what are the restrictions what are the areas and <clears throat> one of these is uh one of these is a mask required and one is a, ma- a not mask required because it's mostly outdoors so but they are having nights where they are reserving out and they're they're selling out and not able to get more more tickets in so i i'm surprised by the 22% number but again harris poll i'm assuming this is this is sort of blanketing the country as opposed to yes specifically exactly. markets so exactly um, so take it with a grain of salt but also it, it kind of
0: should show us a little bit reveal a little bit more about the wider Potential, you know, of, of Halloween. Um, because I think when we usually look at these, we look at uh, the people that are already predisposed to go to events. And this is kind of looking at the wider swath of people.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's, I, I think it shows probably more than anything. Don't give up on your Halloween event. Don't give up, give yeah. up on your seasonal event because there is interest and it is coming back. Um, but unfortunately not all locations are able to come back, um, With their halloween event because what we're also seeing is ongoing staffing challenges um for example uh haunted ghost town in finley ohio unfortunately has canceled their 2021 haunt season due to a lack of staffing on october 5th uh in in a facebook post the haunt announced that they were suffering from the same staffing troubles as other local businesses this year uh rather than continue with the season which had been planned for october 8th through the 31st Haunted Ghost Town made the difficult decision to pause the production and release and uh, re- reassess for 2022. So yeah, I mean, I, to- I totally get it. And what what we've been finding in a lot of events, and I don't know whether this is true industry wide, um, unless you are unless you are paying a premium or offering something cooler than anybody else to work there, um, yes. <clears throat> not only are you having trouble staffing, you're also having trouble with retention. Um,
0: mm-hmm. and, and to echo your point, Scott, what I've what? noticed is um, the the haunts that are going with a more like sophisticated vibe are the ones that really can afford a little bit more premium. And they're the ones that are not struggling with staffing because I have been interviewing and reporting and I've been talking to dozens and dozens and dozens of attractions on their staffing. And that's kind of the trends I've been seeing. It's like you just mentioned with, you know, it seems to be if you are targeting like that middle school or that tween audience, you're having pro- you're having a lot of staffing problems. And uh, but the flip side, you know, uh, Terra Vault in at the San Francisco Mint, they were cast months ago and they've kept their cast and nobody has left. But they and they've actually expanded to hire their own security, and so they don't have to hire out for any of that. But they're paying their security guards
1: thirty five an hour. Yep. Yep. Well, and and uh, so I. It, I have a little insider information that I, I I can't really share where it is, but there is a theme park um, that is doing a haunt event that, for the first time in their history, went to twenty an hour for haunt actors, mm-hmm. and they too are able to be fully cast based on their on their on their budget. And it's interesting because uh, when I was talking to them, they actually said that their their hiring is up from last year because they did go to the twenty dollars an hour, and. What's wonderful about it is, you know, we're we're seeing the trend that people are coming back out. They're ready to go, and we just have to recognize we cannot open the same way that we closed. We we have to recognize that the world has changed, and um, people have had a chance to reassess and reevaluate what's important, whether it is um, whether it's how much money they're making, um, or how uh, what sort of cool swag that they're doing. Um, There, you know. I've done on, on a Scott in the dark. And I know Philip, you've done interviews about this too, about how to, uh, retain staff and retain Mm -hmm. and, and recognition. Um, there, there are some places out there that do entire gift shop lines that only can be, uh, accessed through recognition of excellent work. And it's it's a brilliant concept because it it creates a sense of loyalty. It uh, it helps with retention, um, and then of course you know the, the scarlet badges, which I think are brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything. It, there's all kinds of ways to to recognize your talent. Yes. So so if you are listening now and you're concerned that you're going to lose your your talent before the end of the Halloween season, or you want to, probably more importantly at this point, you want to retain some of them as you go into your Christmas season because many theme parks do both and quite often double dip into the talent pool to get that. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that you have a recognition program in place um, because, you know, obviously uh, Haunted Ghost Town couldn't find the people, but if you have them, recognize that they are of value and make sure they understand that, uh, whether that means, you know, financial bonuses or pat on the backs or or scarret badges or... or yeah whatever 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 way you use to to reinforce good behavior um now is the time not it, it looks like on paper this would be the time that you'd pull back on that and it's exactly the opposite make sure that that is going full steam ahead so that you can retain people throughout the end of the season and into the christmas season
0: yes i have a story an example of that um for zoo tampa and something they're doing to retain staff that will come later but first let's talk about uh speaking of christmas And about uh, kind of keep the reason why it's so important to keep all these functionings, keep your staff here uh, is the Christmas season, which Disney has decided begins now on November 8th. Yes, that's right. Uh, Christmas now begins before many February. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's interesting because they're starting November 8th, but uh, I was just telling Scott earlier, you know, Halloween nights at Eastern state is going through like, uh, our, November 13th. So now we're starting to get where Halloween is not over at some places and Christmas has already begun. So we're, now it's just going to be one big old,
1: big old mess, continuous Tim mess. Burton, but Tim Burton had the right idea. Uh, you know, Nightmare <laughs> yes. Before Christmas is now becoming reality. It's, so, uh, it's one so, event uh, straight into the next.
0: <laughs> oh God. So, uh, Disney's Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney will launch its Disney very merriest after hours. So, again they're kind of transitioning their parties over into after hours events which are technically separate different events um we already talked about that previously and how disappointing it was so this event will begin november 8th but it's only running through december 21st and it will include the very merry memory stage show as well as the fireworks and projections which is more than what they did for halloween (laughs) so i think maybe at least there they are adding something that is actually a a christmas experience and not just a like a
1: park I after dark know. experience a
0: park after dark experience with a few villains which basically was what was the other one um and then on the heels of that starting the next week in november is universal will be open for their holiday celebration beginning november 13th for 51 days through january 2nd that is a long show run for a holiday event and universal will be bringing back most of what they did last time. Like they're bringing back the Grinch shows and the Macy's parade and et cetera, et cetera. So kind of like resetting to 2019, except a little bit longer of a run for 51 days, which makes staffing even more important.
1: Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm looking at this too from, um, from a, from a consultant standpoint and an installation standpoint. And one of the things that I've been talking with a lot of my clients about is because these two seasons are melding into one, um, we need to figure out how do we make that transition? How do we make that changeover? And um, we've talked about a lot of options, but the, the one thing that has come up over and over and over again, and I'm sorry this is a little bit off topic, Philip, but it, 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 it isn't from a, from, an in, from an internal standpoint. One of the most important things to recognize is build infrastructure that can be used in multiple ways. Um, so you know I know that nobody no park wants to take the, the, the capital investment and and put it into power distribution or wants to take the capital investment and put it into um, lighting or audio products because they think oh well we'll, we got enough um but the the more versatile and the more um the the more versatile and the the more and the sturdier the more the the higher quality that you can get the easier it will be to make that transition from a halloween into a christmas and you know gantam for example philip you know the gantam Mm -hmm. fixtures are a perfect example of this because gantam don't they don't just make halloween fixtures and christmas fixtures they make Great lighting fixtures that can be used in both, and I think mm-hmm. doing that kind of investment is is something that is going to become more and more and more important. Um, I also think that that allocating areas of your park, if you're not a Disney or a Universal, allocating areas of your park that are um, you know are always going to be used for your your seasonal events, invest heavily in the infrastructure in those areas so yes. that you you can you can change it out quickly and. You know, to your point, Philip, with with Disney, what they did with their with their park after dark for Halloween, um, m- some of that may have been because they knew that the changeover between Halloween and Christmas was going to be in theme park time virtually nothing. Well, and and they had the fiftieth. I think that's the other big piece of this is yeah. they're
0: celebrating the fiftieth right now, and so that throws a wrench in all of these plans. True, but uh, to your point on the finding permanent locations, that that's a big deal even down to little things like the permitting process, you know, it's very different for temporary structures versus structures that are already inside of a built building. So it's like, could you, can you find places where you can invest to set aside that and then do something there in Christmas and Halloween and then summer and, you know, kind of there's seasons stuff year round, but it really makes it easier. And then you can do that stuff like the atmosphere in the park, you can tweak and have the line designers come in for, Halloween and for Christmas to set your packages, but do the, it,
1: it's the physical infrastructure being there really helps. And from a design standpoint, you may actually find some uh, some some savings if you are able to uh, book, say, a lighting designer to do both yeah. Halloween and Christmas at once, so that yeah. you know it's all done before before Halloween even opens. Um, yeah. And I know that requires a lot of forethought and planning, but. If you want the luxury and the revenue potential of having longer Halloween and longer Christmas events, then that's something you certainly have to take into consideration.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the next section here, we thought we would do a little bit of a takeaway since we're like, yeah, we're... Scott and I, I'm I'm visiting, interviewing, and reporting, and Scott, of course, is still launching show, as we just talked about. And so, uh, I thought we would dedicate the rest of the show to kind of giving uh, kind of good examples of of a uh, good things that we are seeing at events or on the events that we're working on, and really that that could be good like case studies examples for you all listening to kind of work into your events. And uh, the first one I want to just give a quick shout out on is the Terror Vault. Which is in San Francisco. And I went there last week. And it just kind of reminded me of what we've been talking about earlier that there is a big market for sophisticated scares. It is a 21 and over event. Uh, it is vaccination required. And it is a like 45 minute ish um, sh- linear like show haunt experience. It kind of merges theater and haunt together. Um, in that you, you, there are scene, there are scenes that you go through, there's a storyline, but there's also places where there are jump scares and actors and whatnot. And it's about a cast of 70 to 85 depending on the night. Um, and you know, it's, it's, a it, it well, I just say it's an incredible experience and it kind of just reminds me of, of how well you can do sophisticated scares and good story and how well you could really involve people with excellent acting and with, and with these moments, you know, that there is a way to do that to still scare people, but also get these moments. And it just reminds me too that, you know, as Scott always says, you know, a haunt is theater that you walk through. So I think sometimes we kind of forget that theatrical moment or just you know, I just thinking about what, what is the story and what is the through line and giving the actors a purpose to be there to make them excited about producing good work, which helps you with retention. And that was what I heard over and over at that event is that these are the same actors, they've been on board, they want to do it because they have a role to play and they want to play it and they are excited for what they get to do. And that all comes from having this th- this very tight through
1: line. Well, and an elevated experience you know yes. we're, we see the same thing at the vault of souls and again full transparency i am the creative director and writer for the vault of souls in tampa okay mm-hmm. um but what's so really similar in-
0: setting because they're both a, a, a historic bank vault right exactly. just different sides of the exactly. country
1: and well a- and a different approach um you know i, I have not experienced uh, terra vault but um the vault of souls is designed to be not a 45. it's there's not linear it's longer it has multiple locations that that you experience, um, but again, it is still targeting that same higher-end audience. Um, it is The Vault of Souls is 18 and up, um, but obviously you can't drink unless you're 21. Uh, it uh, it has three very different and very immersive environments that you traverse your way through through the course of the evening. Um, the first is the old bank lobby, which has been beautifully restored and incredibly elegant with marble floors and... and uh, two-and-a-half-story-tall uh, white columns, and um, and there's live entertainment in there, there's hand-passed hors d'oeuvres, there's cocktails, uh, and the live entertainment includes everything from um, the, the, the traditional waltz couple that we've had as part of the event since it opened in 2015. Um, w- there are paranormal researchers, quote-unquote, who are uh, proving the existence of spirits, and uh, so that's a very elegant, posh... Uh, Element and then at the reservation time because the reservation time for Vault of Souls is actually when you go downstairs into the twelve thousand square foot nonlinear experience in the basement. Um, but you can come and you know if you have a reservation that night you can show up at any time. You just won't be going downstairs until your reservation time. Um, but the 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 and that's just for crowd control. But when you go downstairs um, this year, you are given the opportunity to um, solve some. Answer some questions in order to have a phrase that will help release you back to the world of the living, and then once you do come back upstairs, you can either go back into the first the first act, so to speak, which is the vault, or you can go outdoors into the courtyard where there's additional hand-past um, hors d'oeuvres going on out there, uh, as well as a, an open bar, lots of entertainment, um, an aerialist, a fire artist, you know, all the stuff that we can't do indoors, so we're doing it outdoors, um, and it's designed to be. You know a very long three acts of uh of experience you know and uh, it's not it is uh it is it has a $100 t- uh, ticket price um and then there are there is a reduction after 10 on certain nights but uh and what's really exciting is so it's been it's been dark for uh three years and um it's coming back and it's selling incredibly well with very little marketing so mm-hmm. clearly there is um there's clearly a a need for this higher end posh less jump scare the vault of souls has no jump scares we i always say that i want the vault of souls to be the kind of fear that you think about on your way home i want yeah. it to to creep into your nightmares that night um so it but it's but it's clearly targeting a non-traditional, um, what we think of as a haunt audience. It is those people who've grown up and who now want yeah. to have a cocktail with friends, see some beautifully creepy entertainment, have a moment or two in a um, a dilapidated basement where you, you know, again, the 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 location is the star in pretty yeah. much all of these. And um, so, so I guess my my big takeaway is don't be afraid of elevating uh, elements of of your event because there's a market there for it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and that's something that was echoed by the creative director at uh, SeaWorld's new event who I mm-hmm. interviewed, um, you know, last week. He t- specifically mentioned about how they're trying to work sophisticated elements into their experience and they mm-hmm. did that with their um they have a Halloween version of one of their circ shows. So it's it's pretty, pretty traditional style circ show but it's, you know, it's a longer experience and it's, it's a more kind of sophisticated experience. There's, you know, there's a few little, because again, they, their audience runs very young, right? So th- this is this is a place that targets that, like, tween audience with, that is kind of trying to pull it in the older direction. So mm-hmm. there are a few kind of slapstick jokes by the narrator, but, you know, the, the, the show experience overall. And then they did a La Llorona scare zone, which is not really scary. There's no jump, you know, it's not traditional, but it's more like a more, I don't know, uh, atmospheric area where there's the woman in white who is in her scene and they're you know, so, and, uh, another example too, from interviews that I've done is, and that also Scott has, has a, a hand in as well, is the creatures of the night at zoo Tampa. I think this year, something that they're doing to do staff retention is there they have exclusive animal encounters that they're offering only for the staff that stay and are working and i think that is brilliant it's absolutely like here is a place that doesn't have a huge budget and they are a tight-knit smaller attraction and this is brilliant and it is like what can you only do at the zoo and can only do in this experience and that will not cost you an arm and a leg do find a way to make exclusive experiences for your staff and that is brilliant. And they're also the theming as well has always been on point, as as you know, Scott. But this year, they're this year they they're keeping the narrative equally tight to how they started in in the the previous years, where they are using uh, this year they have uh, Night Shadow, which is their their new character for this year, um, <clears throat> and he's always accompanied by his African pied crow, which is this familiar, whose name is Whisper, and so he's kind of like a take on the Sandman, but like. The African Pipe Crow is a crow, real crow they have there at the zoo. And he's a familiar of this San Madness character. <clears throat> so just wonderful ways to use what you have, your assets, and right. work them into the story and work them into staff retention. And then they made a tasting card this year because they have, uh, well, they had it last year, but they've they've this year, they're really trying to make unique food offerings for each food location that is tied some way thematically to the area in which they are in. Uh,
1: which is just kind of taking food and stepping it up, and and once again the the full disclosure. I, I also yes. work on that, but um, but what's really interesting um, with the uh, the 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 characters, all of the characters really, um, is the fact that it, we've really we've really tried to give them some depth and 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 mm-hmm. allow them to um, live live in an environment where. Uh, they can they can exist. Um, the icon character, for example, appears. He he can he can get around. He he appears in multiple locations. So uh, hopefully, all guests will get a chance to uh, have their encounter with him. Um, but uh, the the other thing that I think is is important is recognizing, as Philip said, the the animal encounters that are are for staff only. That actually came from a suggestion from the staff. They were like, we would like something. You know we would we is there any way we can meet the insert animal here and zoo tampa in their day product even for guests as an upcharge have some incredible animal encounters um including feeding feeding rhinoceros um including you know uh, up close and personal with with various animals and then they even bring them out onto the street for just a, a surprise and delight they have a, a great macaw flyover so there's take what they took what they had and they used it as an incentive. And I think everybody can do that. And I think everybody should yes. do that to help get, get your retention because people are working for you because they care about your brand, yes. mm-hmm. and you might as well share those things, those, you know, velvet rope things, things that you may think are just everyday common occurrences. Um, but somebody who doesn't do them every day just thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. And speaking of the coolest thing in the world, um, I am so thrilled to once again share another episode with Philip who I think is the coolest thing in the world uh, because we're out of time and uh, I hope you all are enjoying the uh, the haunt season because I know that we are exhausted and uh, we're we're experiencing a lot of it, Philip even more so than I, I he's even got it clearly in his studio there with the, with the giant pumpkin um, but until next time, this is Philip Hernandez and Scott Swenson with Green Tag Theme Park in 30 saying we'll see you next week.